What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dubengeiser, and I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Caleb, what's going on? I hope everyone had a very happy Easter weekend. I hope that everyone was able to spend it with lots of friends and family, and I hope you still had a good weekend, even if you don't celebrate Easter. Um, I know I spent my time down at the Lake of the Ozarks, and the fish were biting, so it was a very good weekend. Justin, how did you uh, spend your weekend, though? I was good, man. It was good. I was I was busy. I actually uh, happened to uh, have a birthday on Sunday, so um, celebrated my birthday and Easter and everything this weekend. So that, was, that was fun. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, another another year older, another spin around the uh, the sun or whatever. So they say. So, but no, it was fun. It was good. It was nice. You know, had a nice day today in New York as well. So. Good day for practice. Can't can't complain, you know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go to work today. I spent the whole day out on the lake, so I'm definitely not going to complain about it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, that's for sure. But let's uh, let's talk some Chiefs football. They had a couple more signings here since we got to talk to talk last. Um, one of them was a fullback, which I thought was pretty interesting that they actively went out and signed one, um, Michael Burton, and then they also made another uh, O line signing, which was a pretty big one, Austin Blythe who previously was the Rams. And I know you did a bunch of film review and, and you got stuff up on, on Twitter at CJ Scoobs. If you want to go check those highlights out, everyone, make sure you do. Um, but what was uh, what was your initial reaction to the signing? Well, you know, I know everyone had been sitting here contemplating, you know, are they going to bring back Rioter or not? And then you're seeing these numbers. Rioter can make $11 million. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all that he would make that money because I know PFF wants to give him that high grade. I don't think he totally has earned that high grade, and I don't think he deserves that much money. And I think I've been on the show saying if he wants to come back for a small amount of money, sign him to a one-year deal. Just do it. The Chiefs must have been in negotiations with him. It looks like a deal clearly didn't get done because free agency has been open for a while. And they went with Austin Blythe, who they are bringing in for a one-year contract. And it's basically going to be a million-dollar deal, something like that. That's a pretty good bargain deal. I don't know if he's going to come here to be the starter right away. I know he has been a big starter for the Rams in the past. He has started in a Super Bowl. He's been a very consistent player as far as getting in and playing. As far as like being healthy and stuff, he hasn't really been an outstanding player. His actually biggest strength is his run blocking. He's a really athletic run blocker. You know, he's got that former Iowa wrestling background. So he's kind of got that, you know, he understands leverage. He understands momentum. Where he's most impressive is at is when you see him reaching up to backers and stuff. He's still a decent pass protector. I think it's some of the schemes the Rams run, you know, they kind of honestly rely on their center to have a lot of one-on-one blocks, whereas when he comes to the Chiefs, he's going to have more help from the guards. It's going to be interesting, you know, but he's going to be a guy. He can come in. He's going to start if he needs to, and even if they did draft a center, he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to help compete with that center. Yeah, to me, when they signed him um, and I saw the figures on it, it was screaming, you know, backup O-line numbers, veteran depth type numbers. Which, which is there's nothing wrong with that. They need they need that, especially along the interior. So I think he is a guy that could c- come in and start, you know, if he has to right away. Or maybe it'll be something where he, you know, he provides competition. Maybe they bump El Gretti 
um, to center where I know he has um, a history of playing there in college and stuff. So it could be an open competition. And, and, you know, if the best guy wins, that's they'll put him out there or whatever. Um, I agree. He isn't as good as a pass blocker than he is a run blocker. Now, obviously, the Rams have had a ton of success with their run game in, in the stuff they're doing over there. So it, it will be nice to see um, to see them upgraded along the interior. Obviously, we've talked at length about Joe Thune, the signing there, and now Blythe along the interior. Now, and you also have Kyle Long competing along the interior. So the interior line should should be improved, right? I, I think there's no question. I don't think anybody can question that. And then it's funny, today we saw uh, Adam Schefter asked Najee Harris who the best uh, running back in the NFL was, and he said Mr. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I'm, I'm sure CEH was pumped to hear that, and I'm sure he's pumped to see you know, a little uh, strengthening along the interior. And that's from further. a rival. You know, they went to rival schools. Those guys are competing against each other for a championship every season down there in the SEC. That's crazy to hear that. So Blythe should obviously help improve that. You know, maybe the Chiefs are going to put an emphasis on trying to run the ball. I know you hope they don't do too much. I hope they do just a little bit, a tiny amount, maybe run the ball more. I will say this, though. Blythe can be a really good player at times. It's just you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world. It can be hard for him sometimes when he goes against those bigger defensive linemen. His high versus Ryder high, they're not even close. On Blythe's best play, you can sit there and watch him take Khalil Mack out of a play. You know, I have a film clip. Khalil Mack lines up, and, you know, it's like a little, it's like a, uh, it's a third down look and nickel look, and they have him lined up at like a three technique. And he goes and rushes in on the A gap. You see Blythe plays it perfectly, and he even gets him off balance and almost finishes. You know, that's Khalil Mack. See some of the plays he makes, and it's going, gosh, his high is high, and then he'll just have one play out of the blue that's really bad. Hopefully the atmosphere the Chiefs are going to put him in, you know, he'll be able to have that help from Tooney and Long a little bit more. So maybe they can make him a more consistent player. If he comes in and plays all 16 games and plays as good or if not better than Ryder did, it's an absolute steal. And, you know, credit to Brett Beach and credit to the Chiefs coaching staff on that one. That would be another huge pickup if they could get him this cheap and he could come in to be a contributor. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing you got to remember is that it, it's not going to be Jared Goff at quarterback for him. It's it's Mr. 1-5, and he erases a lot of the inefficiencies that <laughs> happen along the interior. Now, obviously, he can't do it all by himself, and we saw that in the Super Bowl, but it, there there is a very – um, long to be long debate that could be had about whether or not sacks are uh, on the on the offensive line or whether on the quarterback because there there is a lot to it that the quarterback plays a very large role in in, in sacks for a team and Mahomes is one of the best at not getting sacked right he's he's good enough to elude the pressure he's good enough to escape pressure and make throws he throws it away when he has to he can run with his legs when he has to so I think that you're going to see um, Blythe's pass protection actually look a little bit better than than normal, just because you know 15 is going to help him out in, in that aspect for sure. And like you said, and if he if he plays even similar to Ryder in pass protection, he's going to be better than him because he's going to be better than him in the run game. I mean, he's already better than him in the run game, so you know it's a potential upgrade for basically pennies on the dollar compared to what they were going to potentially have to spend with Ryder. So I think it's a good move, and I don't think that that takes him out of um, drafting, you know, uh, an interior offensive lineman in in the draft by any means of the, the. No, absolutely not. There's some good IOL guys 
coming out of the draft this year. And I think, you know, you mentioned it's both on quarterback and on the offensive line. You know, for anyone that watches like the Chiefs play in the season, there's a lot of the time when Mahomes can't do anything. And now people are wondering why the Chiefs are putting so much emphasis on why they pay Joe Tooney $80 million. Well, Patrick Mahomes is walking around on a boot on in the middle of April. You know, he's going to be fine for it when it comes to the season. I know that. But they're trying, they're going to limit the hits he takes the rest of his career in Kansas City, no matter what it takes. And that is what they're going to have to do to win. They also went ahead and brought in Michael Burton. Kind of an interesting pickup. You know, they need a, they didn't have a fullback on the roster. You know, he could, you know, he's been on a lot of teams in his pro, in his time in the pros. You know, I know Saints fans kind of like him. To me, he's, if he makes the, if he makes the active roster, he's going to be in that same role Sherman is in which is going to be, you know, your gritty special teams guy, maybe coming in on a couple of short yarded situations. But, you know, he's got the, he's got plenty of veteran experience. So I think that's what they were kind of looking for in that position. You know, a guy that can plug and play on special teams and then to help out in the short yardage. I think that's the big thing is the special teams thing, right? You think about Anthony Sherman. Some of Sherman's best production for the Kansas City Chiefs was being a guy that was on every single special teams unit. So he's a guy that I'm sure Burton is that they, they're going to get him in there and he's going to be set up to to play on all four specs. Um, you know, he's coming over from a Saints offense who obviously is a, is a very multiple offense. They do, do a ton of different stuff with Sean Payton over there. So I think he, he is pretty athletic, um, you know, so maybe pass catching stuff, running some of that wide zone, outside zone stuff, you know, with the limited snaps. He'll be in the mix for that kind of stuff. But um, he also, I think, potentially could be lined up as a guy that's like an H-back, you know, something like that where you're almost using like a 12 personnel type extra tight end guy, like where he's an extra blocker, but he also has that ability. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. So he does provide a little bit of versatility, and I think that the Chiefs going out and actively signing him um, – Kind of shows that they do value him in, in what his versatility could be on. He's, the he's team. really similar to Sherman. You know, I'm not going to say he's the same as Sherman because obviously Sherman's one of the best fullbacks in the NFL in his entire time in his career. But I mean, just when you look at their physical size and stature, and then when you look at their skill set, it's really similar. It's clearly something that Andy Reid wants from a player. And, you know, they're men, if they're trying to come out here and try to find a way to run the football a little bit better, you know, maybe they can bring an established veteran fullback in here to help out. I was kind of surprised by this. I thought maybe they were going to have Blake Bell come in and take a lot of Sherman's rollover, which I think he will in some regards to the special teams. But it looks like they do want to maybe have a set fullback on the roster. Yeah, it is interesting. I think that probably goes back to Andy Reid's history with the West Coast offense. And if you know anything about the West Coast offense, they, they value a pass-catching fullback in that type of offense. So I think that, that just knowing Andy Reid's history with that, that's probably why they put so much value in it because they know kind of um, the versatility and how it can, it can really open it up an offense when you put you know a guy in there who can block and also can catch the football out of the backfield. So I, I think it's a good signing. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was – I was like I said, I was pretty surprised that they, they went out there and actively – sign somebody but again it just shows you that they they value the position they know what he can bring to the table as far as special teams are concerned and as far as um you know that offensive offensive looks that that they'll be able to do with him but I agree Blake Bell will be in the mix too when they run 12 personnel he'll be that second tight end we saw that in the past when he was here he's he's gonna be the blocking guy 
that's in there. And I think that's good. I think that's good. They were, they were a great offense when they were in a lot of 12 personnel. So I don't think there's anything wrong with going back to the yeah, but It really just, it kind of puts defenses in a bad situation. Like we've mentioned on this show plenty of times, that's kind of most of it for the chiefs news. You know, it's quiet right now. It's kind of the calm before the storm. The draft is obviously on the way. And I think tonight we were going to talk a little draft prospects. We we're going to talk about quarterbacks and offensive tackles. Now, we'll start with quarterbacks. I'm, I've, I guess we can go ahead and start with quarterbacks. The thing that I know there's probably some Chiefs fans they are sitting here saying, we don't want to listen to the quarterbacks. You know, we have Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be the man forever in Kansas City. I get that. But how many? I wonder how many New England Patriots fans didn't care about who got drafted to play quarterback for all those years or, you know, Broncos fans or guys like that or that cheer for other teams that had an established quarterback. And then when the Chiefs go out and sign Patrick Mahomes and people are wondering how it's such a home run it came to be. Quarterbacks change the history of the league. You know, I know it's a position that you got to have everything go right and hit at the right time to be able to get a star like Mahomes. But, I mean, when you look at the history of the NFL, especially the modern NFL, you know, quarterbacks have changed the momentum. Even if it's a 40-year-old quarterback like Tom Brady, he's changed the course of history, whether you have a young gunslinger like Patrick Mahomes. You know, one franchise player can alter the course of any NFL season. Like, you know, and the Chiefs, you know, I know he's a division rival. Justin Herbert, really good football player. He's going to make things interesting on the Chiefs here in the future. And so I think it's always important to have an idea of the quarterbacks coming into the draft class. And, Justin, I know you've done some evals on some of these quarterbacks, so uh, I know we might have given a little preview last week of who's number one, but uh, what are you thinking? You know, top five, top six guys, what's the order for this draft? Yeah, well, uh, the first thing I'll say is the, the one of the big things, too, you got to think about when you're a Chiefs fan, that if you're watching the draft and you're picking 31st, the more quarterbacks that go early in the round – the more good football players that are going to be pushed back to that 31st pick, you know? So you're hoping a lot of these quarterbacks go early, which I think they're going to, um, you know, you have Trevor Lawrence and he, he is somebody that I think I have him at one. I know that there are people out there that have Zilk, Zach Wilson at one. Um, I, I honestly, I can see the argument. I can see in today's NFL um, why he's so enticing. Cause he does have a little bit of that Patrick Mahomes, but I'll never compare a quarterback to Patrick Mahomes. So my player comparison, actually, people might laugh at this because of the pro that he turned out to be, but it was Johnny Manziel. Because if you think about Wilson and or when Manziel was in, in college, he might be one of the best college football players I've ever seen play football, especially at the quarterback position. He's right up there with like Tebow and those guys. He was unbelievable. And he had that playmaking ability, and Wilson has that too. Now, Wilson's bigger. Which I think that you know it helps him. He's you know six foot two, so he, he but he can make every throw. He's my number two guy, and then and I think that people forget like you see Lawrence and and he is a bigger bigger guy too, um, but he's athletic, right? He can run as well. And I think people forget that you know, and and if you look at a lot of the big games that Clemson got in, they uh, they relied on his legs. They ran him. They ran him early and they ran him often. Whenever there was a a big down, they put the ball in his hands. Um, they have Justin Fields too. You know, Justin Fields is is another player, and he's he's interesting. He's a tr- tremendous athlete, and I think that's why I um, I have him so high. I have him as my third guy, and I, I think that him and Trey Lance are actually really close. I actually I have them separated by one point actually in my in my rankings. Um, where I think they're similar is they're they're big, athletic, strong guys who can 
create with the running game. And like, to me, you think Cam Newton, when I, I, I watch Justin Fields and that's all I can think about is Cam Newton. When I watch him play now, Cam, Cam's a little bit bigger. And, and I think that Justin Fields is a little faster. Obviously he went out there and put up a four, 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 uh, 40, which is insane at the quarterback position, you know? Um, and then when I watch Trey Lance and I see his delivery, I think James Winston, he's got kind of elongated, uh, delivery. Um, but again, athletic guy, he runs with power. He runs away from guys. So he, he was really good at North Dakota State. Um, you know, guys I, I'm diving deep into, I like Mac Jones. I think he's solid football player. The one thing that Mac Jones has, and I'll be interested to see where he goes, is he has elite accuracy when he throws the football. So I think that, you know, when people are talking about the 49ers, you know, taking him potentially third, there, there is something to be said about accuracy, right? I, I think that's one of the most important traits you can have as a quarterback. So I, I get it, right? I get it. He can make a lot of the throws. I, I don't think that – I think he's actually an okay athlete. I don't think he's um, – like he's not Justin Fields. He's not going to go run a 4-4-40, but he ran a 4-8. That's pretty good. Like that's not bad for the quarterback position. He's also got good feet in the pocket. So he would probably be my fifth guy. And then there's a lot of guys down there that I, th- I find pretty interesting. You know, Kyle, Kellen Mond, um, Kyle Trask, a lot of these guys like this. Davis Mills from Stanford, I'm digging into pretty deep. I was watching him earlier today. Um, you know, I, I, Kellen Mond is interesting. I, I'm going to, I'm really interested to see where he's going to go because he's got a pretty crazy skill set and he put up crazy production yeah. in the SEC, right? With and it was he had one you know they were one of the best football teams in the country this past year so I'm going to be interested to see kind of where he ends up going and, and where like what teams think about him um, moving forward but you know I, I think you're going to see four or five quarterbacks drafted in the first first round which means Chiefs are potentially going to get you know a top thirty player you know so I think that's I a good think thing. it's safe to say we're going to see three quarterbacks go in the first three picks of the draft. Because, you know, the Jets traded Sam Darnold today. They might have finessed the Panthers just a little bit. They have three total draft picks out of that. Robert Sala, smart guy. He's got like 25 draft picks the next two seasons. That's going to be huge for him rebuilding the Jets. But then the 49ers, obviously, you don't trade up to number three when you're a complete team like them across the board. And you're looking, you know, they're not trading up to take anyone else. They're going to get their guy, whoever that may be. And I think that's when all this craziness has started. Who's QB2? Because the last two seasons, it seemed pretty clear. It's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and then the rest of the pack. You know, Wilson, he's obviously come in, played his way into superstardom. You know, BYU, they were on the cusp of going undefeated this past season. I think he has, you know what, the questions with him are about his size, whether he can take a beating in the NFL because he's a little bit smaller. And then, you know, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance, he's always going to have the small school knock, which is stupid because talent's talent no matter where you see it. And Mac Jones, what's the big knock on him? Oh, he's got to have three of his offensive linemen are going to get drafted. His running backs get drafted. Both of his top targets are getting drafted. Does that make a difference, though, when he's not in the ball? We'll see, I guess. But we're – I mean, what's the deal with the Justin Fields stuff? Because I've seen this all over the place between like Pat McAfee and Dan Orvlosky. And, you know, they're not, they say they're not saying it. It's things they're hearing. Do you think this is true? Do you think this is real life? Because there's so many conflicting reports all over the place. Or do you think some of those teams are uh, doing a little manipulation, kind of throwing a smoke screen up to get their guy? 
Yeah, well, the first thing, I'll, to, to your point about the, the Mac Jones thing and, and all the talent that he has, it's like, did Trevor Lawrence not have any talent? Like, I mean, the guy, I mean, the Clemson's been in like, it, it feels like eight straight national championship games. He played with the, they all play with talent. All these guys play on good football teams with good talent. So that, that argument, I never understand. Um, but no, to your point with the fields thing, I think that is bizarre, all this stuff. And it, it is, it's, it could be just draft draft season bullshit, which you think about like back to the Jeremy Tunzel stuff, right? Or Laramie, excuse me, Laramie Tunzel, Jeremy Tunzel, cheapers. Laramie Tunzel stuff where, you know, the picture of him with the gas mask, it's tweeted out the night of the draft. And then, you know, he doesn't go in the draft because of it. Like nobody wants to touch him, but and, and basically ends up changing the Dolphins franchise because they draft him and then they trade him and get four first round picks in, in a third out of it. So, um, I think it's just crap because to me, I think, you know, I was listening to somebody today and they were saying how they're like, how, how, how are these accusations even have any weight to them? Because you think about what Fields has done. Fields was the face of Ohio State saying that they want to go out and play during all this COVID stuff. He was the one that when he, he goes in against Clemson and gets absolutely mm. rocked, breaks his rib, and then goes back in and throws touchdowns and competes and finishes the game, you know, like that doesn't seem like a guy who's quitting and has no work at worth work ethic to me. I don't Dude, know. Dude, he and even that game against Clemson when he came in was throwing those bombs. And then if you remember a year ago, him and Trevor Lawrence were in that duel and Trevor Lawrence used his legs and had that crazy run, but you know, Justin Fields battled him. It just came down to a red zone interception. Then he came back and got his revenge the next season. He's banged up in the national championship game. Who knows, if he doesn't get that rib injury, we might be talking about Justin Fields being the number one guy right now. It's just crazy. It's just the draft season. You know, I think there's manipulation. Teams are probably trading up, creating false rumors. Media's got to talk about something because, you know, baseball season's just started. The NBA playoffs haven't started yet. And uh, college basketball national championships tonight. So they got to create some sort of a storyline for the next four weeks. But, yeah, so do do you think this is – probably the best quarterback class of all time though. Do you think that's a potential? I mean, it's always, that's always tough because you think about uh, a few years ago when it was like Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Allen, um, you know, all these guys coming out, Baker Mayfield, like all four of those guys come out and everybody's saying the same stuff about these guys, right? Like that they're going to be, they're going to be this and they're going to be that and they're going to be this. And then really the only people left on their, their original teams are Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. And Allen was horrible his first two two years and then had a tremendous season last year. And Baker's been average at best for the first couples until this past year where he's okay. You know, he had a pretty okay year this year. So I, you know, it's always tough to tell. It's so early. I mean, I, I think the upside is there for them to be, because I think right you know, everybody talks about Trevor Lawrence and like his floor is is so high, right? He should be able to come in and he's going to be, he should be a player right away. Um, and then you have the upside guys of like Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And you got all these guys that could end up playing. So we definitely could go down as, a, you know, I don't know if they'll ever beat like, what was it? The 83 draft where it was like Jim Kelly, Marino and, and those guys yeah. like that, that, that draft is special, you know? So yeah. I was just going to say, though, I think the reason this quarterback class is hyped up is because they've these guys have done a lot of winning between Trevor Lawrence, Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance at the uh, FCS level. You know, 
Dude, what he what though what North Dakota State did, I don't care that it's FCS. That's impressive. You win that many games in a row and you win that frequently, you're doing something right. You know what? Oh yeah, Dude, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I say all the time, I was like, it's hard to win. No matter what level you're at, it's hard to win a football game. It don't matter if you're coaching Pop Warner, high school, division two, FCS, division one, it's hard to win football yeah. games. <laughs> and you know what every great quarterback needs at every level? And you know what every great offensive line has? A good tackle. And boy, let me tell you what. Being into offensive line play like I am and watching this year's class has been a treat. I'm not going to have time. I can do a separate show by myself with everyone. I've tried to give you guys, our listeners and readers, Arrowhead Live, as much analysis as I can. There's guys that are going to go in the fifth or sixth round this year that would probably be in contention for the end of first round picks. There's guys that went in the, because I know everyone said last year that was the most loaded class ever. There's guys in that class last year that went high, that would not crack the top 10 in this year's draft for offensive tackles. And I think I'll start right out with Penny Suell is going to be a freak of nature in the NFL. You know, I know for some reason he's got the naysayers on him lately, but like my top offensive tackles, you have to start with him. He pretty much did everything you can do at the position in two years of college football. He had nothing left to prove at that point. You know, he took the year off to, from playing or whatever to get ready for the draft. He opted out. He's going to be he 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 could be the most talented overall player in the draft. He's probably going to be the first non quarterback taken. You know, I feel like he's about to fall right into the Cincinnati Bengals' lap. He's my number one. And then you have Rashawn Slater, really interesting guy. Doesn't fit the profile you would think about for a normal offensive tackle. He's not overwhelmingly big. He's not overwhelmingly tall and long. But where does he succeed at? His fundamentals are so good. He's training with uh, Duke Mayweather. I don't know if you follow him or see any of that stuff. You can see all that training on tape because he absolutely shut down Chase Young and Chase Young's last hurrah of college football at Ohio State shut him down you know he's his his pass blocking is flawless every play he looks like a machine out there it's just fundamental 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 and he's a physical mean nasty player everything you want and then you keep getting further into it this is a guy i've been up on the fence on but tevin jenkins he's gonna go high i don't know if he's quite ready to play in like a chiefs type offense i think that he is going to be a tackle though I have a couple of questions about his foot speed and his ability to vertical pass set in the NFL, but he mauls people. You know, he is a strong man and he plays the game nasty. I think Brett Coleman, a YouTuber, he just made a video and the title of it was the most violent player in the history of college football is Kevin Jenkins. And I can say from watching a lot of his film, that is correct. That dude, his hands are as heavy as I've ever seen. And when he gets on you, he's going to maul you. I mean, he is that big physical guy. He's an intimidating factor. And he's, you know, he fits the bill. He's got all the size. He's going to be awesome. You got Alex Leatherwood, played a lot of big time college football games. He can play guard, he can play tackle. He's got the size. He's going to be a good tackle in the NFL. You got Sam Cosme from Texas. He reminds me of Eric Fisher a little bit. From phenomenal athlete. He poured up at his pro day. He's really good. Um, and then you get into guys no one's thinking about that I think could be on the Chiefs' radar. Dylan Raddins, Trey Lance's left tackle at uh, at uh, North Dakota State. 
he is a guy that is extremely athletic. He is plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's really, you know, they said he was a four-year starter at North Dakota State. There's a reason for that. I mean, he was the cornerstone of their offense. A lot of what they did ran through his ability to win one-on-one blocks. And then, you know, both keeping in that same small conference type deal, you also have Spencer Brown. And he just got, he's apparently, a, I, I am like, a big I don't care how fast the offensive line runs I don't care how far they broad jump it's pretty impressive if they got like the raw athletic score or whatever I mean they've been measuring this for 30 years now or they've gone back and measured every player for 30 years it's pretty impressive if you're like 6'9 like 325 pounds and you're the most athletic offensive tackle they've ever measured ever so he's obviously has tremendous physical gifts and he's has you know he's a mauler He's a big brawler. And then you have Liam Eikenberg, which a lot of weird stuff. I mean, they're saying, you know, maybe he's only going to be a right tackle in the NFL. I don't really buy much of that at all. I think he can do it all. He is plug and play ready. His hands are phenomenal. He's not as good an athlete as the rest of those guys are, but he is going to go high. Someone's going to draft him. He's going to go high in the first round. I mean, maybe not high in the first round, but he's going to be a guy that does go in the first round. I think he's a guy that can fall into the Chiefs lap. And he's going to be a guy who I've my player comparison for him is Mitchell Schwartz. I wrote an article about him. When you watch their game, it's so similar the way they work their hands. They're just really big dudes. They don't have like they don't have the quickest feet. They have great get offs. They're always the first person off the ball on the line. They always have a plan for beating a pass rusher's moves, and they can just go out there and flat out play football. And I think that's the big thing to remember when you're evaluating offensive linemen. It's like, yeah, it's nice to be able to see them go out and do all this. You know, it's nice to be able to see them go out and have pro days. You know, pro days mean a lot for a lot of players. It doesn't mean so much, in my opinion, for offensive line. It's nice to see if a guy can go out there and work hard because you can kind of gauge work ethic on that. I don't think it means as much, though, as what you watch on his film. And I think this is one of the only positions you can really say that about because there's a lot of big dudes out there that can run and jump, but there's not a lot of big dudes that can go get into a train wreck and get into a fist fight every Sunday. And these are kind of some guys I've been watching who I think are going to be some of those elite prospects in this year's draft. It's really exciting because there is, you know, obviously with the position of need, there is a lot of people that could end up filling that, that void that the Chiefs have right now. Um, let me ask you about one more thing about offensive tackle is the Chiefs, um, just interestingly enough, it was tweeted out that their offensive staff and O-line coach was at the Florida Pro, Pro Day, and they were actually running the O-line drills. And there is an offensive lineman in Florida, big left tackle, Mr. Stone Forsyth, I believe this is how you pronounce his last name. Um, but huge massive. dude, right? And, and massive dude. So have you had a chance to watch him? Where do you, what, do you, what do you think about him? And do you think that it was is it, do you think that's by design that the Chiefs were there and get, wanted to get a look at him or what? It's interesting because I have a I have a in my grades on him I have a fifth slash sixth round pick. He is really big guy. I think if he trimmed his weight down a little bit, it'd probably be better for him, especially with some of the speed rushers in the NFL because he does struggle with that. His hips aren't the greatest, and he can bend. But like I said. There's guys that are going to go in the fifth to fourth round this year that in a normal year we'd be talking about as being in the first round guys, second round guys. He falls into that category perfectly. When you watch him on film, and I thought it was interesting the Chiefs were there to see him because I mean, we know Andy Reid likes his athletes. This guy can move when he gets in space. There's a couple of clips of him blowing people up in screen games. When he hits you, 
you're going down. It doesn't matter who you are. This guy is every bit of six foot nine, 340 pounds or whatever it is. He is every bit of that. He moves really well. He's just got to refine some things down in his game a little bit. He'd be a guy who you'd bring in, you know, draft a tackle high and then, you know, bring in Stone Forsythe and then, you know, have him to be a developmental piece. I don't think he's going to be ready to play day one. I don't think they would need him to be ready day one. But, man, there's a lot of raw talent there, and that's kind of the interesting thing. And I think that absolutely is by design. You know, what did Brett Beach talk about in his early season press conference? So the positions the Chiefs have to get better at, one of them is offensive line. So they're leaving no stone unturned. I didn't – that's not a pun. I, what a pun intended. <laughs> But I don't think that that was by accident. They have a guy. The Chiefs have a guy kind of similar, not as talented, but kind of similar. They have Yasir Durant, really similar build. Not as I don't think he Yasir Durant's not nearly as good an athlete as Forsyth is. But you know, Andy, he's enamored by athletes. He wants to get the best athletes possible and just let them grow and develop in his system. And I love that. I absolutely do. And. You know, Forsyth's a nasty dude now. When he gets on you, he's going to get on you. He, Oh, yeah, Kyle Trask, you know, he has a good offensive line at Florida. It's probably one of the reasons he played well also is he had Kadarius Tony and uh, Kyle Pitts. So maybe Kyle Trask will be good also. We don't know. It's it's yeah. crazy. I'm not, I'm not as high as on Trask. I, I like him, but he's definitely limited. He, he's he definitely hurt himself limited. in that bowl so, game. He, did, he doesn't have, like, elite arm strength. I mean, he's got enough arm strength, but he's also not as mobile, which I think hurts him in today's NFL where you see all these guys running around and, and making plays. And, like, he, he he doesn't make plays out of, out of uh, you know, out of, out of schedule and off schedule like that. So I think the Chiefs – Real quick, I was just going to say, the Chiefs could legitimately find their starting left tackle in the fourth round this year. How crazy is that, though? Because another guy I didn't even Holy mention, Jackson Carmen out of Clemson, Huge dude, massive dude, really good pass projector. Trevor Lawrence's blindside protector for the last three seasons. Really good football player, played in a ton of big games. He's completely washed away some of the best opponents in college football. His tape versus Chase Young is very impressive a couple of years ago. You know, you just, you never know heading in. You always want all the guys to succeed. Some of them are going to flop. Some of them aren't, and you know, and then some of the guys that no one's talking about are going to come through. Like everyone's talking about these guys. For all we know, Stone Forsyth and uh, Kellen Mond could be the two best players in the draft, and we don't even know it yet. So that's what's awesome about the draft season. That that, that is for sure, um, and I think that's too. Just to, to that point is the Chiefs could find their their starter in the fourth or fifth round on the offensive line, and I think that's why you're seeing Veach with some of these contracts for the, some of these veteran guys, where it is like. You know, a one-year nine hundred ninety thousand dollar contract for Austin Blythe. It is a bring Mike Remmers back for a one-year cheap deal where these guys are signing backup type money because I think they're signing to be replaced. They're the they're the the placeholders right now, right? They're the, the guys that are coming in that are going to be depth that are going to be hey, we need you guys to come in and start and teach these young young bucks or wait for them to get ready. But you're going to get some some playing time, and that's why you give them incentives. Hey, if you end up playing full year, here's your incentive to, you know, whatever it is in the contract that they had because I know these guys had incentives in there. So I think that's to your point. I think Veach knows how deep this offensive line class is and that they'll be able to find starters later in this thing, and that's why they signed the veterans to, to uh, smaller deals, basically to back And then it deals. lets them go out and just take another weapon – or add another really good defensive player because there's a lot of ways the Chiefs could go. You know, 
the casual fan, it's going to seem very obvious they can go left tackle. I'm not going to be mad if they draft Liam Eikenberg at 31, but wouldn't it be interesting if they can go out and add an elite secondary player like Greg Newsom and then go out and add a guy like Jackson Carmen or Stone Forsyth or even Spencer Brown in the third or fourth, and those guys come in are awesome. It's, you know, it's just creates talent. It just creates talent across the board. Greg, Greg Newsom is my draft crush of the year. Him and Andre Sisco, the safety out of Syracuse, two of my favorite players to watch. I tweeted this out mo- almost months ago, and I'm telling you, if you get a chance, people go watch them. They're they are fun football players to watch, good football players. But we're going to be talking a lot more draft, Caleb. This gets me fired up. Dude. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. It's always fun. Draft is always fun because it always gets you fired up for the season, right? It makes it feel like it's coming and it's going to be here sooner than yeah. you think. So. And then Any, I was uh, going to say, and then the, you ahead. have the long months of May, June, July, and August. It was longer last year because of COVID. Hopefully we get some – hopefully they're able to do the rookie camps and the mini camps because those are always fun. You know, they get to pick people out that you wouldn't necessarily think of. And then, you know, that's kind of where you start thinking about the roster creation ad. And then, you know, my goal is to hopefully be able to get up to St. Joe and watch some Chiefs practices this August. And, you know, God willing, uh, COVID will be no more by then. And uh, we will be able to uh, continue being a uh, continue with, you know, nor- a little bit of normalcy. So I hope that's what happens. But. You know, St. Joe could be the place to be this August. You don't know. We'll see. I hear you, brother. I hear you. I'm ready for some normalcy myself. But um, why don't we get out of here? I need, uh, tell everybody what you're working at. And All right, guys. You can you. find me on Twitter, as always, at CJ Scoobs. Uh, past week, I did some film reviews on Jerron Reed. Going to be a really dangerous interior defensive line combo. We talked about that on a prior show. Austin Blythe, who we touched on tonight, and who I've got film reviews out on. And... This week, I haven't really decided what I'm going to write about yet this week. Uh, I'm a little bit busy with some things. Uh, we have a draft project. It's a, a little draft log here at Arrowhead Live. We're getting done. Um, I know Justin has taken the quarterbacks. We've discussed that tonight. We're going to have some more analysis on those. I have a team of about seven or eight guys. We have pretty much every position in the draft covered. Didn't do anything on kickers or anything like that. So sorry, Raiders fans, if they draft a kicker soon or in the first round, a couple of rounds, you won't get to hear much about him. I'm really fired up for that because I know there's been a ton of hard work put into it. I love the evals. It's high-quality work. You know, we're not necessarily a big-name bunch of guys as far as writers, but the thing I like about our crew is I think we're all guys that kind of know what we're talking about. We have some background at some level of football, whether it be, you know, coaching or playing college ball or just being around the game our entire lives or even just being tremendous fans of the sport. I love that. We're going to try to get that out to you guys as soon as possible, and hopefully you guys will be able to purchase that and, you know, put a little coin in our pockets. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'll be working you gotta, on. You got to keep the lights on somehow, you know. That's it. That's it. But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that, too. Like Caleb was saying, I'm, I'm working on the quarterbacks there. Just finishing up a couple more games for guys, and um, we'll be getting all that done and out, and I'm excited, and you'll be able to buy that, and and it'll be fun. I, I dra- Like I said, draft season is one of my favorite seasons, part, part of the calendar, best parts of the calendar for football season. So, But um, find me on Twitter, jdiz1617. Um, we'll be having stuff out. We're going to be doing some mock drafts, I think, coming up here on shows, so that'll be a lot of fun. and um potentially doing that maybe on on youtube so you'll be able to see our beautiful smiling faces and and lovely beards 
So <laughs> you'll have to be on the lookout for that. Um, but we appreciate everybody being here. Make sure you're sharing sharing the show around. Tell your family, tell your friends. Uh, but we appreciate everybody, and we'll talk to you next time.